I'm Dr. Lara Devgan. I'm a plastic surgeon in New York City, the CEO of Scientific Beauty, and of course, a major beauty enthusiast. You are listening to Beauty Bosses, where we chat with fellow industry leaders who are shaping beauty, fashion, wellness, and all things pretty. Welcome to Beauty Bosses. Today we're going to be speaking with the amazing Amanda Freeman. And Amanda, as many of you know, is the founder of SLT, Strengthen, Lengthen, Tone. Um, she's a serial wellness entrepreneur who built this company in 2011 with a single studio in Columbus Circle. And now, in the years since then, in that very short time period, she's got 20 studios. Um, revolutionizing fitness and five more on the way. So she's a total boss and a beauty and also a mother of two and a New Yorker. So welcome, Amanda. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. My pleasure. Um, So this is Beauty Bosses and we want to find out a little bit about your journey. So tell us, start out by telling us how you got started and what the inspiration behind SLT was and how you went from a Harvard Business School graduate with a great idea to someone who started this amazing brand. Well, thank you. Thanks for the compliment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I always say my, my career really evolves in a very logical way. I started out doing trend forecasting, so I've always been someone who pays attention to what everybody else is interested in and trying to figure out what it's going to be before it is. Yeah. Um, And so one of the trends that I really loved that I felt personally was what we were calling the rise of well consciousness. And I think this was in like 2006. Um, Prior to that, it had always been about doctor Googling. When you had something wrong with you, you went to the doctor. But then it was starting and to... And there's nothing wrong with that. No. But then <laughs> it was starting to be about prevention. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. And prior to that, if you were into like meditation, you were seen as very fringe. Or if you were gluten-free, people thought you were annoying and weird. Um, but those things were starting to come into vogue. Yeah. And so an idea had come to me along with a friend, which was a, a health and wellness daily email. We delivered the latest in fitness, nutrition, beauty, and wellness to your inbox oh, every awesome. day. Yeah. So while doing Vital Juice, I personally got very into the boutique fitness trend, and it was just starting to emerge, I think, around 2009, I think, is when things like Soul Cycle started happening. And I loved this idea of places that offered one workout and the best version of that one workout and offered it all day so that whenever you had time to work out, you could get that experience. It's kind of a revolutionary idea because prior to that, everyone was going to the gym and they were kind of cherry-picking classes, but it wasn't creating a community. Completely. I think it lacked community. It also lacked just the focus. And when you focus on one workout, hopefully you're delivering the best version of it. So it's not like a mediocre yoga class or a mediocre yeah. spin class. It's the best one of its kind. And I love- you're a specialist. Exactly. That's what I say about surgery, too. If you do one operation, if you do a lot of blepharoplasties, you're going to do a good bluff. Exactly. You'd rather go to yeah. that person exactly. than the person who does a million things. Um, But what I didn't like was, I didn't like the offerings. I was looking for a workout that got certain results. I wanted the long, toned, um, but not bulky muscle look. Thin, but but not, um, you know, not bulky. Uh, Long, lean muscles is what I was looking for. So I wanted that Pilates body, but I didn't like the experience of Pilates. I liked the experience of these boutique fitness classes. So no one had put those two things together. Um, And... On a trip to L.A., I found this guy, Sebastian Legree, who um, had started to change up Pilates and make it into a more 
fun experience. And so I partnered with him to bring uh, the Megaformer, his machine, uh, to New York, and I created SLT around it. I actually didn't want to start uh, fitness studios myself. I had no background in fitness other than being someone who went to fitness class. And now you're like a fitness authority. Yes. Right? But I actually tried to talk other people into doing it. And they didn't want to do it. No, for various reasons, okay. they they turned it down. And eventually I hit this point where I was just like, I have to do this myself because if I, I can't talk someone else into being my partner and doing it, I just have to go and do it myself. And now all those people are kicking themselves that they didn't join SLT when it was an infant and now it's grown. Maybe a little. Um, <laughs> so SLT has this cult celebrity following and I know that tons of people... Um, Molly Obama, uh, Christy Teigen, all these models and yes. actors, everybody's doing SLT. Why do you think people like the concept of SLT? I think for a few reasons. Number one is the reason I wanted to do it so badly was the results. Um, all these people are looking for a thin, toned, but strong body, and that's what we deliver. Uh, so I think the results is one. We are a semi-private experience as well. It's not a class of 60 people. Um, there's What's the class size? It's anywhere from 10 to 14. The biggest okay. studio has 14. The smallest studio has 10. So people leave you alone. Um, there's not like this big group dynamic. Um, and so I think a celebrity is drawn to the the an, a semi-private environment. We also offer private, so some celebrities will only work out by themselves, and we can offer that experience as well. Um, and I just think we have a good reputation, so people are drawn to it. Cool. So let's talk business a little bit. You started with one studio, and that was probably somewhat of a leap of faith because you were a bit new to the fitness industry, yes. um, even though you were an enthusiast. How did you get from one studio to soon to be 25 studios? Well, fortunately, a business like SLT does generate cash flow if you're successful. Um, so, you know, once the first studio took off and it did take about, I would say, six months before you could really judge whether it was taking off, we were fortunate because of the time that we launched that we got a ton of press. I mean, we were very early in the boutique fitness thing. We were very different than anything out there and we're in New York. So we got a lot of press and exposure but still, it does take months for people to like read about something totally. and then actually follow up and go do it. So by, I would say, six months into it, we knew, I think, we were on to something. And so we started looking for a second location. And luckily, again, with a business like SLT, you can fund a second location with cash flow from the first location. So I didn't, I didn't raise money until like four and a half years into the business wow. when I wanted to uh, do more than just the organic growth where I wanted... Uh, you know, significant growth to happen. Yeah, amazing. And, you know, SLT is kind of special because it creates this intimate environment for people. And I think that's probably why it has such a cult following. Do you feel like people are really loyal to SLT once they start? Yes. I always say SLT isn't for everyone. And I <laughs> wish I could say that it was for everyone because then I'd have a bigger business. But I'm extremely honest and, you know, I call a spade a spade. It isn't for everyone. So it's the kind of workout that we invite everyone to try as long as you have some level of fitness. If you have no level of fitness, um, it's, be it's, tough. it's probably not your, your first workout. But if you have experience with fitness, I encourage everyone to try it. But it's not going to be for everyone. It's the kind of workout... 
it is an individual experience. Like you are on your own machine and you have to stay focused. You can't think about your grocery list or you won't hear the next cue or you might fall off the machine. Um, you have to stay focused. And I think a lot of people really like that about it, that you have to get out of your head because you have to stay focused. Um, I think it's someone who likes a group environment but is individually motivated and someone who likes a challenge. It is a very hard workout. Um, so I think the first time you will not be very successful at it, but you have to be the type of person that like gets how you will end up being successful at it and wants that challenge. It, it takes about four sessions to feel comfortable on the machine. Okay, fair enough. Um, now, you're very successful right now, Thanks. but I'm sure that it wasn't always a sunny day. And what I want to ask you a little bit about is some of the big challenges that you faced and moments of adversity and hardship. Was there ever a time when you thought you weren't going to make it, when someone told you this was never going to work, when you were worried about balancing the books and that kind of thing? Uh, and talk us through some of the big, big challenges that were potentially catastrophic and how you turned it around. Sure. I mean, I think the first challenge was just starting it up. As I said earlier, I didn't, I didn't go at it like, I'm going to start this business. I went at it like someone should start this business. And I tried to get <laughs> other people to start it. And yeah. I think that's a, a lot of people's first challenge is like not having the confidence that you can do it and not right. wanting to take that risk. So I think those were two initial challenges. And then again, I said I had that like aha moment where I realized like if I do not do this, somebody else will do it. So I just have to do it. Um, and then I think, and I of, love that. That's like my favorite quote from this interview. If I don't do it, someone else is going to do it. And so I, th I think that it. about everything. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then I think the second challenge was talking other people into getting on board. So I yeah. was bringing this new concept that I couldn't show anybody to New York and I had to find instructors. I wasn't a fitness instructor. I ended up being a fitness instructor, but partly because of advice someone else gave me. Uh, but the challenge was to convince other people to do my first training mm -hmm. and to find them. So I went on Craigslist. I did word of mouth, like asking friends, is there an instructor you love at another studio or a personal trainer um, and convincing people to get on board. That was another challenge. Uh, and then I, I remember the night before I first officially opened, I had a panic attack in the middle of the night because <laughs> I didn't have my waivers printed. Okay. And I was freaked out that someone was going to get hurt. And so, you know, there's that challenge yeah. of, of, you know, getting, just having your insurance and, and psychologically handling the stress that, that comes along with, is, totally. is the instructor going to show up? Is someone going to get hurt? Like all the things that could go get wrong and you have to, you know, you have to have faith that it will go I feel okay. like that's like the ultimate thing about really being in charge when you're stressed about all the minutia almost impossible things that possibly could go wrong, then that means you're in charge of the business. Oh, completely. I mean, yeah. toilets breaking, instructors not showing up. Yeah. The first time I ever taught a class was because the instructor didn't show up. Oh, wow. So I, it was like boot camp. Okay, all of a sudden you're teaching class. But luckily I had yeah. listened to so many people teach a class and I went through the training myself and I knew how I liked people to teach it and I, how I didn't like it. So I was able to do it. But literally the first time I taught was because I had to. That's so funny. Yeah. So what is something that you really value today that you didn't really value 10 years ago? Uh, I think decisiveness is, is my answer to that question. I never realized until having to make so many decisions 
how important it is just to make a decision, even if it's the wrong decision. The ability to make a quick decision is so important. Otherwise, you could get very bogged down and and slow down the movement of your business and slow down other people and not instill confidence in other people. So decisiveness has become really important. Okay. SLT is known for some really crazy signature moves, yes. and, and especially their names. And yeah. I think that's really funny as someone who likes language. So tell us some of your favorite, most crazy names of moves at SLT and how on earth you came up with them. Well, some of them other people came up with. Okay. Uh, but uh, so Sebastian, the guy who made the machine, came up with some of the names, and they started off bizarre, and so we, we go with it. Um, there's a move called Mermaid that I love where one of your feet is under a strap. Um, so it's like your feet are one Mm -hmm. and you're moving, you're working your oblique. I'm demonstrating for those who can't see. Uh, She's she's writhing around. So Mermaid I love. Um, We have a move that one of our instructors came up with called Bird Dog. I can't even explain why it's called that, but that's a challenging move off the back of the machine, we have a move called Catfish, Scrambled Eggs. I want to name a move. One day, I'm, I'm going to try SLC. I'm, like, really interested. Yeah. I feel like who doesn't want to be long and lean and gorgeous? Oh, it's everybody's and ideal then, body type. Yeah, right? <laughs> I feel like naming a move is the next step. We should have a contest. I like We that. should have it. That would be really funny. Okay, if you guys are listening and you have a really good name for a signature SLT move, send it in. And we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, what is the best lifestyle habit? I want to talk a little bit about kind of your take on fitness and wellness. So when I'm, what I mean by that is what do you think the best thing that someone could do on a day-to-day basis is for their overall life? Well, it's probably sleep. It's probably <laughs> the best thing you could do is sleep at least seven and a half hours. That's yeah. probably number That's one. That's fair. I think there are a bunch of other things, especially that that we we're much more knowledgeable about this topic now than even like a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, something I don't do, but people swear by meditation. I wish I could do it. I've tried. I've tried too. I feel like I have too much stuff to get done, and I get Completely. a little stressed by meditating. I know exactly. And then it feels it's, counterproductive. It's the irony. Right? Exactly. No, I'm in, I'm in. I'm in your. I meditate boat. on my to do list. Fitness like, is my meditation. Okay, I think. Good. Okay. Uh, that's great. how I clear my head. But um, I'm also. I mean, I've got a lot of stuff I'm into right now. I've gotten into beauty, as I was telling you earlier. Turmeric. I do like a ginger turmeric. Oh yeah. Lemon. Um, I make ice cubes, as a friend told me this. I make ice cubes with those three things mixed in them. And then each morning I take the ice cube out and I pour hot water into it and make it into like a tea. And it takes like, you know, no time in the morning to do it. I love that. Life hack. Okay, I'm going to write that one down. When you first started, could you ever have envisioned that SLT would be where it is today? I don't think I envisioned that at all. And I know that for a fact because the first lease that I signed was a two and a half year lease because I was worried that it wouldn't be successful and I didn't want to be locked into a long lease. Yeah. Amazing. Well, good for you. Um, What is some advice you have for someone who is not a fitness person, but they really want to make some changes and they want to start getting into a fitter lifestyle? I think for exercise, it starts with small. and it starts with writing. I'm a big person. Of, I like to write things down. Me too. And I actually have a book. 
Like, oh, I, don't I don't have a do it book. on the computer. Oh, really? Okay. So I'll write down. That's old school. Old school. <laughs> I like crossing things out. I like a sense of accomplishment. Yeah. So <laughs> That's true. I'll be like, wake up, crossed out, <laughs> did that. Great. Um, but I, You're stagging the deck in your face. Exactly. Brush hair, like, brush teeth. Exactly. I've accomplished so much. Well, that would take me too long to actually write my list <laughs> if I wrote that many things. But so I think it's about like making a commitment to yourself, but it should be a small one at first. Okay. It's like... 20-minute workouts are a thing right now. Um, so just commit to doing a 20-minute run or walk or DVD. or I don't even think anyone watches DVDs. So online video, some 20-minute workout. And start small and then get gradual. They also, every everyone suggests make a date with your friend so that you're committing to doing it. Or what I like to say is like pay for your class and commit to doing it because you're not going to yeah. bail on it if you're going to lose $35. Totally. So things like that. But I think you have to start small. And um, exercise is great not only for you know how you look, it's how you feel, it's energy, it's clearing your head. I get inspired when I'm exercising and I, I think of new things. So on a little bit of a different topic, fitness for so long, like medicine, has been a really historically male-dominated industry. And a lot of big movements in the fitness industry were run by men. But in recent years, we have, you know, SLT, Physique 57, SoulCycle, Tracy Anderson Method, all of these powerful lady bosses coming in and changing the industry. And I'm wondering why you think that is and how does it feel? Well, I, I love it. I go all the women. Uh, and I think that is pretty unique to the fitness industry. Mm -hmm. To your point, it used to be all men. And largely lately, it's like all women, uh, especially in the boutique fitness space. And I think it's because women tend to want jobs where they're really passionate about what they're doing. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think men... Men can be sometimes more driven by money or, or something else. But women, like I call them jobbies. Women tend to be drawn to <laughs> job hobbies. Um, I like that. And they really want to mix their personal life with their professional life. And yeah, I think totally. that's why it became such a thing with fitness. And boutique fitness is so dominated by women. I'd say the gym space is dominated by men. But in boutique fitness, there are a lot of women. And maybe I'm probably exaggerating because I just happen to know a lot of the women but I would almost guess it's like 50-50. Amazing. Yeah. Okay, so now it's time for some quick fire questions. Sure. What's your one vice? Uh, chocolate. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, who has the best abs? Like, who's your ab envy? I would say, so we, Kira Sedgwick has been a client of SLT, and she has the best abs in rock and body, I think. <laughs> okay. Um, which celebrities' workout routine do you really admire? So I just said Kira because I like anyone who comes to SLT. Uh, so Kira Sedgwick, um, who who come? Oh, James Franco actually came this week, so I'm into him right now. <laughs> uh, Alicia Keys. Oh yeah. Yeah. Anyone anyone who's a SLT devotee. Very. That's who I like. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> um, ice cream or chocolate? Chocolate. Okay. Green tea or smoothie? Uh, smoothie. Coffee or tea? Better. Tea. I don't drink coffee at all. Really? Yeah. I'm into matcha tea right now. Oh, yeah. Me too, sort of. Yeah. I'm just barely getting into it, but I feel like there's something. Oh, it's addictive. Yeah. I think at first you're like, it's chalky, it's weird, and then you need it every day. Yeah. Um, physical book or ebook? Physical book. 
Old school. Old school. Uh, drinking pina coladas on a white sand beach or climbing rocks in a desert? Hmm. I'll take the beach and the desert and the climbing. <laughs> <laughs> the beach and the climbing. Okay, and no pina coladas. I don't need the pina colada. Okay, empty calories, <laughs> exactly. right? You need the matcha yeah. tea, and exactly. then you're going to be fine. And then you'll keep the abs. I'll have a rosé. Like Kira's Edgeway. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Um, okay, and then for those of you who are uninitiated, these are some SLT moves. The bear or the French twist? Um, bear. Really? Okay. It's more. It's more... Full body French twist you have to do twice, on the left and the right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, awesome. And we were chatting about this a little earlier, but we love to gift products from Scientific Beauty to our beauty bosses. I love that. So which kind of thing are you most excited about and which product from our line is most interesting to you? If I can have your lashes, I will take the lash booster <laughs> okay. in any day. <laughs> so we will gift you one of those. That's actually our landslide bestseller platinum long lash. So it's yours and you'll have to just keep me posted on your eyelash progress. I love it. Amazing. Thank you. Okay. And then I want to end with just a couple more questions. Sure. This show is called Beauty Bosses and you're a boss and you work in beauty. So I wanted to ask you, what does beauty mean to you? Beauty to me is being aesthetically pleasing. Something okay. that you like pretty to the eye or nice to look at. Okay. And what does being a boss mean to you? Getting stuff done. I like it. Yeah. Well, it's been amazing talking to you. You're so funny and smart and charming and um, SLT is incredible. If you guys haven't tried it, check it out. And thank you very much for being here. Thanks for having me.